every one of the authors talked about culture, the need for a disruptive culture, a flexible culture, an open culture, in order for each of these 10 different uh, approaches to enable success. Technology is transforming how we think, how we lead, and how we win. From InterVision, this is Status Go, the show helping IT leaders move beyond the status quo, master their craft, and propel their IT vision. Welcome to Status Go. This is your host, Jeff Tun. We started Status Go four years ago. One of the reasons for creating this podcast and bringing it to you week after week was to combat some of the hype that was surrounding digital transformation. You may recall in 2018, there was a lot of doom and gloom about the topic. Digital transformation was something all the cool kids were doing. And if you weren't, well, you weren't one of the cool kids. There was a lot of disinformation about what digital transformation even was. Fast forward to today, there is still a lot of confusion over just what digital transformation is. In a previous episode, we interviewed two of the fellows with the Institute for Digital Transformation about their release of the Digital Transformation Manifesto. Today, our guest is Dr. Frank Granito. Dr. Granito is the chief scientist for the Institute. He and several Institute fellows have just published the book, Digital Transformation Demystified. We're going to talk about the book, why the Institute decided to write it, and why now. Uh, Full disclosure before we get going, yours truly authored one of the chapters in the book. So Frank, welcome to Status Go. Well, Jeff, thanks thanks a lot for having me. Uh, You too are an Institute fellow, so you should be be publicizing that as well. Happy (laughs) to be here. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I, I always try to slide that in, you know. Uh, so, so Frank, before we start talking about the book that that uh, really just came out in the last week or so, um, mm-hmm. can you give us a little bit about your background? How did how did you come to be the 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 chief scientist for the Institute of Digital Transformation? <laughs> well, there's a very circuitous route. Um, <laughs> my partner, John Palenkis. Uh, sincerely says that uh, apparently he thinks I'm a renaissance man or, or the last <laughs> renaissance man, and I'll take him at his word. Uh, so uh, let's see. what More to the point, what haven't I done? Uh, okay, so let's, let's stick with professionally. Um, so um, I started out uh, uh, with a bachelor's degree in government and politics and political science. So how did that get me to information technology? Heck, I don't know. Uh, so I'm looking for a job. I found a job with the government, federal government, and I spent 31 years there. I absolutely loved it. Um, so uh, it was a serendipitous that, uh, you know, I'm looking for a professional series and they have this um, systems analyst trainee program. So I apply for it. They have an aptitude test. Apparently I have an aptitude for it. And I got into this uh, systems analyst series and never looked back. Uh, I've since gone on to get a master's degree in technology management and and then a doctorate in in, uh, management and organizational theory. So how it came to be that I became chief scientist was uh, last, uh, 
My last year working for the government, I met uh, Charlie Araujo, uh, one of the partners or founders uh, at that time of the Institute. And he was working on a contract for the agency that I was uh, working, um, working with. Now, I was a supervisor, you know, an executive type, and I was nearing retirement, so I had to, I recused myself from the project. So I had one of my program uh, analysts running the project, and from time to time, she would give me status, uh, status go, uh, just thought uh-huh. I'd throw uh-huh. that in there for you. Um, uh-huh. like <laughs> she would, uh, uh, she would give me status and say, you know, Frank, there's this guy, Charlie, he's, he's, he talks just like you, you guys, I know you guys would hit it off. This was back in 2011. So she introduced oh, wow. us and we chatted. We hit it off. Next thing I knew, his partner, John Palinkas, like a couple of weeks later, calls me. And one thing leads to another. Uh, I end up retiring. I build a relationship with the with these two guys and eventually become a partner and then chief scientist. And um, that's, that's how it's been going. For the past, you know, well, this is 2023, so basically the last uh, 10, 11 years. Wow. Um, wow. So that's how it's come to be. Rena- Renaissance man, um, you know, I've I've played music professionally. I'm a professional drummer. Uh, I've played semi-professional baseball. Uh, I've yeah, done. I did not know. You did not know that. Yes, you I did. I did. Uh, yeah. The last three innings I threw were shutout innings, and I said that was it. Hanging it up. Uh, never going to get any better than that. Uh, and, uh, yeah, just, um, and later in life, uh, I've since, uh, completed culinary school. So now awesome. I'm a certified, I'm a certified culinarian with the American Culinary Federation. So, uh, yeah, I guess, uh, I guess John Palinkas is right. I might actually be that Renaissance <laughs> guy. Who knows? Are we, are we up to date? Cool. Are you good? You want to know anything yeah, else? I, I, I love that, Frank. I learn something new every time, man. That, that is great. <laughs> so, so let's talk digital transformation. Obviously, mm-hmm. the Institute has really been at the forefront of that, I'll call it that movement over the last uh, mm-hmm. uh, 10, 11 years. Give us your assessment of kind of the state of the union. Where are we in digital transformation? Well, uh, early on, I think you mentioned in your uh, opening, uh, 2018, you know, you're one of the cool kids, and yeah. as one of the, as some of the cool kids, you know, you wanna you wanna be implementing that really great technology, and that's really what digital transformation was uh, early on. Um, but now that we've fast forwarded to 2023, uh, whether or not it's the work that the institute and fellows like yourself have been doing. But I do think the community and the industry are really getting it. It's not all about technology. It's about transforming our organizations to be more customer focused, utilizing the technology in ways to be more customer focused and the technology enabling us to be more customer focused and changing our processes and procedures and indeed our organizational structures and in and markets even to mm-hmm. accommodate that. So from a state of digital transformation, I think the industry is moving in a pretty good direction and really starting to get it that it's not all about technology. It's about what I said before, and also the culture of the organization having a winning and disruptive and, uh, you know, accepting culture. Uh, and I, I, so I think, I think we're in actually 
pretty good shape moving in that direction. Good. good. So uh, the, the book that the Institute just published, mm-hmm. uh, Digital Transformation Demystified, mm-hmm. why, why, why this topic, why this book? Um, how, did, how did it come to be? Well, the nuts and bolts of it, Jeff, is that uh, we were approached by a publisher to uh, produce this book. Uh, they wanted to do a series on digital transformation and needed really uh, a book to kind of start this all off, a primer, if you would, uh, to get this going. And so they scanned the environment. And what better way to, uh, they thought, to do a primer on this is what they felt was the premier organization or think tank, if you will, on yeah. transformation, and that is the Institute. So um, they contacted us. Uh, I agreed to do it, but I, I didn't. I didn't think I could do it on my own, and so I, I kind of uh, thought about it, and John and I talked about it, and suggested we get all the fellows involved because there's a lot of knowledge, nuance, approaches to digital transformation that we felt the industry and customers, clients, and everybody else could really benefit from. And the idea of demystification is it's not really a mystery because that's really a red herring. And the red herring is looking for an approach that will, uh, that, that one singular pathway, how do I do digital transformation? If you wanna know how to do a project, you go to PMI and find out what are the best practices. Uh, but there is no, there's no life cycle, so to speak, to digital transformation. There's various approaches. And so I wanted to tap into that. We wanted to tap into that by presenting the industry with, hey, you know, you could use one or all of these approaches, whatever approach suits you in your journey, whether it's, uh, you know, leadership in the chapter that you talk about with the great Lewis and Clark example, or uh, uh business administration or, you know, business transformation where Wendy Keene talks about or mm-hmm. um, the, the manifesto uh, where we talk about what, what's the, uh, uh, what are the guiding principles? What are the things you want to have kind of foundational to your organization to begin this journey? So uh, the why this, why now was <clears throat> we sensed that people were starting to get it, but thought there was only one way to do it. Yeah. And I wanted to make sure that we presented that there was many different ways and you could pick, pick the, each chapter off a spice rack and just uh-huh. uh, use it as, as you wish. So that, well, that was the, there you, you, know, you, you, you throw in the spice rack and that leads me to, background as a chef, right? Yeah. And we were talking about this a few minutes ago, Frank, and I thought it was a, a great metaphor of uh, you were comparing and contrasting being a chef, being as a cook, or, or being a cook. Could you kind mm-hmm. of share that with our listeners? Well, sure. So let, let's uh, let's do a syllogism. So you have leaders and you have managers, right? Managers uh, do, um, you know, do what's necessary and leaders show what's, you know, how to put things together and how to do things right, you know, and, and guide folks. So if you want to think about it, the difference between a chef and a cook, a cook follows a recipe, Mm -hmm. right? So like a manager follows the recipe. Here's how we do it. You do this, you do this, you do this. A chef 
can open up a basket of ingredients and look inside and recognizing flavor affinities, personalities, you know, colors, uh, flavors, ingredients, what goes with what, can now create something where there was nothing before. And so if you think of your leader, your transformation leader as a chef that can look at an organization and put things to open up that organization's basket. If you've Mm -hmm. ever watched Chopped or anything like this, and I actually had to do these exercises in culinary school. (laughs) They just present you with stuff and say, Frank, make make something, something. make something. You can use anything else in the kitchen, but it has to contain this. So I pulled... I pull some. Uh, I pull some stuff from the manifesto. I pull some stuff from leadership. You know, I pull some stuff from here. I pull some stuff from there, and I put it all together, and I guide my organization to a wonderful dish at the end that says, "Here, here you are, folks." And the customer looks at it and says, "That looks really, really good. I yeah. want to order that. I'd yeah. like to eat that." So. Um, uh, thank you for prompting yeah, that. Yeah, that's because, awesome. That's because, awesome. Uh, yeah. Well, and, and continuing on uh, just a little bit to to extend that metaphor until we until we beat the dead horse. Uh, you know, when you think about digital transformation, when the meal's done, mm-hmm. you're not done. You're continuing to transform. So you you've got to go cook the next night and the next night and the next night. You're always in that mode, right? It's a uh, the digital transformation journey rather than the destination to use that cliche. Wow. That's a, you know, I'm glad you, you, you continue this metaphor because we, I don't think we could beat it up because um, <laughs> as we say in the culinary field, you're going to get hungry again. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, just because you <laughs> ate a meal doesn't mean you're not going to be hungry yeah. tomorrow. Right. And your uh, customers so, are going to want something new and they're going to want something new. But yeah. you're also going to have to maintain that, that status. So you yeah. develop a dish, it works. You have a product, it works. Now you have to have the prep cooks come in the next day and prep it for the menu. So the menu is the same every day. But some restaurants, some businesses, they have to adapt. They have to adjust. The markets change. The customer yeah. base changes. There might be seasonal menus. So now the yeah. chef has to look at how do I alter this menu based on seasonal ingredients? How do I alter my offerings based on customer likes and dislikes? So, you know, if, if we're continuing that metaphor, yes, I have to have prep cooks in here to continue the operational sustainability, so to speak, as I talk about in digital readiness. Yep. But I also have to have the chefs and sous chefs there developing new stuff in organizational agility and strategic agility. And I have to have the disruptive culture in my kitchen or in my organization to say, look, hey, here's what, here's how we're going to do this today. Or one of the cooks might suggest to the chef, here's, what do you think about this? And the chef would say, you know, if a chef is a, is a manager and not a leader, uh, he, the, he or she might say, no, this is the way we do it. Mm-hmm. But a receptive leader might say, oh, tell me about that. Matter of yeah. fact, that sounds like a good idea, but um, what if we did this? Give me, and this is very, this is very, uh, you know, it's a really good metaphor because in the real world, you might do a prototype, a fail yeah. fast. Yeah. 
So you don't, um, in, in an organization, when, when you're doing some transformation, and in an agile world, you do something and you want to fail fast. Well, in the kitchen, you say, look, I'm not going to serve that to the customers right away. Develop the dish. We'll test it internally. We'll, we'll do what they call family meal. Develop mm-hmm. it. Everybody will test it. So it needs more acid. No, a little heavy on this spice. Put, try some of this. It's a little too sweet here, blah, blah, blah. So that's how it's developed. So you're doing yep. something in a prototype mode, in an agile mode, and then you bring it to production. Same way in an organization. You know, I want to do mm-hmm. that. Sh- show me what it might look like. Let's, let's be agile about it. Let's try 10 things. Uh, seven or six or seven, eh, we're not too optimistic about. Two or three, have a chance. One will succeed. And that makes it worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in the the book, and in, in, uh, dare I call it a cookbook, I'm probably, probably not going <laughs> to okay. go there. But, but, the, but the cookbook, uh, uh, the book that we're talking about, Digital Transformation Demystified, covers a lot of aspects of, of transformation. There, there's 10 chapters, and uh, uh, we'll go through the topics of each 10 chapters here in a second. But um, when you think about the book as a whole, uh, what are some of the major themes that begin to emerge by these 10 different authors who really didn't read each other's work? We just talked about our perspective mm-hmm. on digital transformation, yet themes emerge. So what are some of those themes that you see across this book, Frank? Well, Jeff, you know, after you know, I reviewed all 10 of the chapters and you know, I did keyword searches. Mm-hmm. And the significant keyword search that bounced back every time, every one of the authors talked about culture, huh. the need for um, a disruptive culture, a flexible culture, an open culture, in order for these, each of these 10 different uh, approaches to enable success. So the overriding theme I found in that was culture, and the re- hopefully the reader will see that. And, and indeed, when I in my uh, chapter wrapping it all up, I call it out. Mm-hmm. And you know whether it's um, business architecture, whether it's leadership, whether it's readiness, in order to enable those things, culture a receptive culture, a culture that's willing to accept failure, uh, a culture that's willing to, um, you know, a, a, dare I say, a scientific culture. Because mm-hmm. the scientific culture, the, the approach to science from like a chemist or something like that, um, their approach is they don't fail. They just found another way that wasn't successful, mm-hmm. which is... a which is a very positive view. I just found another way that's not successful. So I know not to do that. Let's move on to something that is successful. And if you, if you, the organization, your leaders can accept that, that failure is another step in the learning process to success, then that enables almost any transformation, especially digital transformation, because Digital transformation is any transformation, as, as far as any transformation goes, is probably the most rapid and agile, and you need mm-hmm. that culture. So that, that was really the overriding theme that I found throughout each of these 10 disparate authors and approaches. 
I, I think that's I think that's fascinating, and uh, we should mention that the the authors of this book have come from really all over the world, mm-hmm. uh, right? We've got we we have institute fellows from the Philippines, from New Zealand, uh, from a couple of different countries in Europe, uh, obviously the United States, and and so to to have this this worldwide focus on digital mm-hmm. transformation and culture emerge uh, as one of the of the key ingredients, if you will, uh, was really fascinating. In fact, the the first chapter with uh, uh, with Ray Lecto from uh, the Philippines, uh, mm-hmm. right? We lead off with culture, and he talks us through or, or takes us through some strategies for identifying culture and then changing culture. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that was a, another major theme for me that wove itself through a lot of the chapters. And that is uh, driving change. Mm-hmm. Um, did, did you see that Frank? Did you see that emerge in some of the chapters? And if so, kind of where did you see that most prevalent as you, as you recall the work? Well, first it was no accident that we put Ray's chapter first. I didn't think so. <laughs> <laughs> there was no accident. Uh, so I'll, uh, I'll ping on uh, my chapter uh, on digital transformation readiness. Mm-hmm. Now, readiness, we, we talk about operational sustainability, organizational agility, strategic agility, and disruptive culture. But Within those dimensions are attributes and characteristics that query about how you culturally work. So your strategic agility, your ability, uh, let's go with operational sustainability. Operational sustainability is basically just having having enough processes to get the job done efficiently. So there's ITIL, there's uh, CMM, and we look at these maturity models, and we're not looking at that. Because when you get into maturity models, sometimes you, you get into what I call terminal value. Like, I'm at level four. Great. Well, what, is, what does that mean? What, what, are, your, what are your outcomes? What, 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 what does that mean? Oh, I'm a CMM level four. Okay. That doesn't mean too much to me. How are you doing these things? Is everybody happy with it? You know, so uh, terminal value is checking the box. Uh, uh, instrumental value is actually doing what's necessary to get the job done. So uh, I, I use this example all the time from a, a culture standpoint. Uh, a great movie and people of a certain age will remember it cult classic uh, Office Space. Are you familiar with that movie? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we have uh, the TPS reports. And the beginning of the movie is, hey, did, did the whole bit about man- every manager comes up to him, Peter Gibbons, and says, did you put the cover sheet on the TPS report? Did you put the cover sheet on the TPS report? Right. Somehow the cover on the TPS report became the value of the TPS report. But as you progress through the movie, when the consultants ask, 
the um, uh, Lumberg, uh, you know, well, can you tell me what's in the TPS reports? He's, he's blank. He doesn't read the TPS report. So the, the actual instrumental value of the TPS report is lost on the terminal value mm-hmm. of the cover sheet. Yeah. So the same way with operational sustainability and maturity levels, right? We just want just enough to get the job done. Now, there's culture factors all embedded in there. You know, how do you, how do you, um, how do you handle changes to processes? Not are your processes documented, you know, but how do you handle the change to the processes? Do you, do you mourn the old way? Do you resist the change to the, the processes? You know, things of that nature. So it all goes to culture. Same way with uh, organizational agility. Can I react to change uh, in the environment, not internal change, but it changes in the environment. And that, that really goes to your culture. How, how do we, how do we shift things? If I, if I say we're going to go here in response to that, do people say, well, we've always done it this way, right? A strategic agility. Can I actually impact change or foresee change? Hey, you know what? I'm thinking, I'm thinking this, we might want to try this and, Maybe your board of directors or your executives say, oh, I don't know, that sounds pretty risky, you know, <laughs> I don't know, you know, uh-huh. digital photography, you're in the, imagine you're in the Kodak boardroom, right? Yeah, digital yeah, photography, yeah. Well, I don't no, know, that sounds, pretty, <laughs> that sounds pretty <laughs> risky. So, you know, so it all, all of that affecting change. Um, I'm sorry. I cracked myself up. Yeah, so no, it's great, man. It's great. all that, uh, you know, all that, uh, you know, affecting change really uh, is driven by the ability of your culture to accept change. I mean, uh, you know, I, as humans, we resist change, right? I mean, what are the most stressful things we do in our lifetimes, right? We get married, move, uh, yeah. end a relationship. These are stressful things because they involve major change right yeah. so yeah. it's inherent in the human condition to um, um uh, abhor change and seek equilibrium yeah but we yeah. sort of have to you know get out of our comfort zone just a little bit in, mm-hmm. in order to be a digital enterprise yeah we do <laughs> we really it really it's a lot about getting out of our our comfort zone and um, so for our listeners, uh, I, I encourage you to, to grab this book. And, and just to give you the, the, the highlights, I want to uh, touch on each chapter in the author to give them a, a nice shout out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as, as we said, we, we lead off with culture, with uh, uh, Ray Lugto, uh, business architecture with Wendy Keene, digital transformation manifesto with Ray Sheen. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, value the chapter on value with John Thorpe and uh, having value as your your north star uh, mm-hmm. of of your digital transformation was great and then uh, Sherry Holland from New Zealand writes about neuroscience of transformation and you were just touching on that Frank with mm-hmm. with uh, uh, change and the chemistry that goes on with change right. uh, Hans Gilor uh, agile transformation. Uh, um, in that agile mindset that we need. Uh, of course, the, the leadership chapter and my buddies, Lewis and Clark, uh, mm-hmm. that, that I contributed. Jessica Carroll, who has been a guest on this program before, talking about client and partner engagement. She writes a, a chapter on that. 
uh, Roy Atkinson and the customer experience. Uh, and then Frank uh, wrapped it up with the uh, digital transformation readiness uh, and talks about how do you know if you're ready to even embark on, on, on these things. And so it's a well-rounded look. And as, we, as we've been using the analogy of this cookbook, there's a lot of great ingredients in there for you to uh, design your, your next dish. Mm. Uh, Frank then comes in at the end of the book and does a, a chapter on wrapping it all up. And Frank, I wanna, I wanna pivot to, to that piece uh, for just a minute because you, you start off by talking about a couple of digital transformation stories that probably everybody <laughs> is familiar with. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the Uber uh, Lyft story about disrupting the taxi industry, mm -hmm. uh, Airbnb disrupting the hotel industry. Uh, and then you pivot to one that I know I was not familiar with. And my, my guess is uh, some of our listeners wouldn't be familiar with. So can you, can you tell us a little bit about the FedEx story of transformation? Well, yeah, our, uh, one of our, um, well, before I do that, I want to get to uh, a little bit of an editorial on the, uh, you know, the Uber Lyft and even, a, you know, what, what we call get a ride and then, you know, a place yeah. to sleep. The interesting thing about that is we very rarely talk about the other side of that, how, say, Uber and Lyft, where, um, you know, the, the taxis and, you know, you had to be licensed, you get a hack license and, and, you know, they're resisting this. They're trying to keep, uh, they're trying to keep Uber and Lyft out of their markets. But what they failed to really recognize was, well, why don't you just adapt, adopt that technology? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it, I mean, it's, it's not, it, it's, it's not, it's, it's not hard. I mean, so, you know, yeah. Just adopt the technology. Now you're competing with using their own model. Just use their own model. I mean, you got cabs flying around all over the place. You have to hail them, or you know, especially if you're in New York or what have you. Just develop an app. Yeah. And yeah. yellow your yellow cab app. So you could have an Uber app, a Lyft app, a yellow cab app. Just why resist it and try to keep them out? Just right. Play, play their game. So yeah. you know, I, I you know, I didn't understand that, and that yeah. that I think is a nuance that uh, people don't really really get to. That was the first thing I did. Just yeah. just develop an app. What, what's yeah. what's the problem? Very there? true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, shipping a package. So um, one of our colleagues um, uh, really developed the Federal Express Super Tracker. And the computer systems to support it. So, you know, shipping a package, you know, this I included, you know, included in the example. This is a major transformation. So now everybody uses this, right? I mean, even the United States Post Office. I mean, you can, you can track your letter, your package. But, you know, prior to this, this is very, very revolutionary. Like being able to track your package. What? And now, within the in the area, uh, in the, uh, I, I guess the recent events of say lost luggage. Um, uh, so how do how do airlines track your luggage? Well, the customers found a way. There's a consumerization, right? Some people mm -hmm. have put tracking devices in their luggage and have found the luggage for the airline. Hey, guess right. what? You know my luggage 
is in Tahiti. Can you send yes. me there? Right. Yes, I'd like to go. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was really very novel. So so uh-huh. now we bring into the, we bring the area of consumerization in, and you know pulling back the curtain on on, on IT. Like wow, if, if you know if I can do that, then why can't you do that? Well, let let's do that. So maybe the airlines can put little magnetic strips on the bag tags. Mm-hmm. And they can scan them, and now yeah. you lose your bag. I can track your bag in the network wherever it is. How novel would that be? If anybody's yeah. listening out there, maybe they could develop that. But that's what I would do. Yeah, right? yeah. So um, from consumerization, you know, the customer experience now is going to drive that innovation. So how many yes. how many travelers do you think are going to put some sort of tracking device in their luggage? I'm yeah. thinking that's a pretty doggone good idea, right? I, I appreciate that 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 story, and I like I say, I love the way you wrapped up uh, the book and kind of brought it all together. You you leave the reader with uh, what you call the five mantras of digital transformation. Can you just share with our listeners what those mantras are? Great way to wrap it up. Well, first of all, and in no order of importance, but the fact that it's first, maybe I think it's important. First mantra, transformation never ends. If you think of this as a project, you're approaching it all wrong. Now, you may have transformation efforts that have beginning and ends, but the actual transformation never ends. It's, a, it's an ongoing program, if you will. If, if you need to speak in project management terms, it's a program. Uh, but transformation never ends. It is a journey, not a destination. That's why we, we abhor or we don't like maturity models because maturity models uh, tend to imply a destination. Well, once yeah. I get to maturity level five, I'm good. So transformation never ends. It's a journey. Second, transformation is about culture, not technology. Technology is an enabler. It's a transport vehicle. But if you don't have that culture, um, basically, if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. So you need a a disruptive culture, an accepting culture, a tolerant culture, a culture that's open, a culture that's willing to accept failure and learn from it. and the technology is an enabler or a, you know, a driving force to that. Let business outcomes, the third one, let business outcomes guide your journey, not, not outputs, outcomes. So like the, my earlier example of terminal versus instrumental value, what is it that we're trying to achieve and are we achieving it? Um, there, actually, this is really nothing new. I'm just putting it in an old bottles, new wine kind of thing. Mm-hmm. If you're yep. familiar with uh, John Rockhart's critical success factors, and if and in in those things, it's uh, what are and this was developed, I believe, in '82, '83, somewhere in there. No, actually, it's 1979. Sorry, I'm dating myself. 1979, mm-hmm. Harvard Business Review article, and you can look it up. You have your strategy. You have the things that you want to be doing. Critical success factors are those four to six things that if you do these things successfully, you will get there. You will achieve your outcomes. 
-hmm. So if you think into if you want to think in terms of critical success factors, that's fine too. Fourth, business as usual no longer exists. And once you've established a business transformation, that business as usual may no longer exist. That goes hand in hand with the transformation never ends. Yeah. And finally, create a culture of continu continuous change, disruption. Um, again, human the human condition seeks equilibrium, and we don't like changes. I mean, I don't think I've moved some papers on my desk in several months, but, you know, <laughs> whatever. Uh, mm -hmm. But you have to be prepared for that. Not only be prepared for it, you have to embrace it, and you have to drive it. So those are the five mantras, and thanks for asking. A great, great way to uh, summarize that. Well, and I think it's a great way to wrap up our conversation today as well. So, Frank, I want to thank you so much, uh, not only for joining us today here on Status Go, but the, the leadership you bring to the Institute. Uh, its work is important, and uh, I, for one, appreciate it. I know the other fellows appreciate it. And, and thank you for being a, a guest today on Status Go. Jeff, it was my pleasure, and I am humbled that you would ask me to be on. To our listeners, if you have a question or want to learn more, read the book. Uh, there's your call to action. No, seriously, visit intervision.com. The show notes will provide links uh, and contact information, and we'll pro provide a link to where you can uh, find the book. This is Jeff Tun for Dr. Frank Granito. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to the Status Go podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or get more information at intervision.com. If you'd like to contribute to the conversation, find Intervision on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Thank you for listening. Until next time.